0: music, you know that it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and we are going to keep it light today because the Cubs are so funny after they've lost God only knows how many games in a row after their no-hit combined effort. Uh, It's uh, like we've been saying, who do you blame? Ricketts, Hoyer, Epstein, Ross, uh, Rizzo, da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, uh, let's keep it up, and uh, it's been a while since we've been on the air. We are at the halfway mark. Of the 2021 regular season campaign And there are a few surprises Number one, the brew crew is pulling away Yeah, and as I predicted Now, I did not predict they'd win Just because I knew that uh, my co-host, Craig kashan Would predict that they would win So I couldn't pick the same team as Craig But if I was being intellectually honest, I would have because they have the best starting pitching. They have the best bullpen. And after their trade for Willie Adamas, the shortstop, holy cow, GM, Stearns, player of the year guy, Um, general manager of the year, executive of the year. That was a great trade. I mean, they're playing 800 balls since they got Willie Adamas from the Tampa Bay Rays. See, and the Tampa Bay Rays are... Falling a little behind the Boston Red Sox if you can believe it. So the two surprises so far Are the Boston Red Sox and the San Francisco Giants now? We've played 81 games. We are a week away from the all-star break the Cubs are in free fall the Padres have been hot They're eight and two in the last ten games and the uh, Reds are starting to pick it up and the Cardinals are not so uh, it looks like the Pirates are just moored at the bottom of the National League Central. The Diamondbacks are pretty bad. That's being charitable. The Tigers are pretty bad, but they seem to be in front of the Kansas City Royals. Man, what happened to the Royals? I thought they got off to a good start. They were like uh, right around first place, playing 500 ball. Now they're like 15 games below 500. And if you have no pitching, if you have no hitting, and spotty defense, you're going to finish at the bottom. And uh, that's exactly where they are. So today, as we head into the All-Star break at the midpoint of the season, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the surprises. And uh, also, does anybody really still care about the Cubs? You know, I hate to dwell on the Cubs, but since it is one of the teams I have season tickets for, and since the Cubs are uh, rapidly approaching 500, going in the wrong direction, I thought I'd talk about them. Now, we would have Craig Kashan as a co-host, but Craig is busy doing the Milwaukee Bucks and the Milwaukee Brewers games, so he's pretty busy. And uh, we understand that. We're going to have a Chicago Cub fan extraordinaire on the podcast next week, coming to you live from Land of Lakes, Wisconsin, where everything's beautifully prepared for the 4th of July, the nation's birthday. And I am looking forward to parades and fireworks and all that good stuff. But the uh, Cubs are three games over 500. They have had a horrible June. And uh, we'll see how July starts out tonight As they take on the Cincinnati Reds In Cincinnati The Reds, on the other hand, are playing 5-5 five and five baseball In the last 10 games And uh, they're at 500 So, three-game series Will the Reds be 43-40 and 40 And the Cubs be 42-42 I don't know <clears throat> Then the Cubs go home For four games with the Phillies Three games with the Cardinals And then it's the All-Star break And then it's the... Uh, Buying season and the selling season. And so who do the Cubs have to sell? Uh, Craig Kimbrell is number one. Uh, the next most valuable guy is the strikeout king of America, the guy that's really regressed more than any major league star that I know of. and That's Javi Baez. He's, uh, the only other one that's regressed more than Javi Baez since the 2016 championship season of the Chicago Cubs is uh, Chris Bryant. He stinks. Uh, he sucks. His hitting sucked last year, sucks this year. And uh, yeah, he had a pretty good May, but man, oh man, 103 in June. Um, Not going to bring a lot on the trade, uh, but I do think these guys still have value. Rizzo, not so much. So as I've been saying, the Cubs are going to sign Rizzo, and they're going to try to trade Baez, and they're going to try to trade Chris Bryant, and they need to do that quickly. And then they'll probably trade Kimbrell to wrap up the uh, try uh, the tri-party package, tri package. And I think their expectations for Kimbrell may be a little bit high, and I'm not sure who needs a closer, but it probably is the San Francisco Giants. And uh, anyway, so Kimbrell's been having a great year. He's figured out whatever it was that made him great and a Hall of Fame candidate. Uh, Rizzo has back problems and hasn't played for a while Chris Bryant, man oh man, he's got a weird swing going You know, it's not the same swing as when he came up And Baez, uh, they should have traded him last year Uh, Who shouldn't they have traded? Now, I may have been, for you frequent listeners of the podcast I might have been a little negative on certain Cubs that have been traded One in particular that comes to mind Who I wanted to trade For a DH Team, team that used the DH uh, Was none other Than Kyle Schwarber And Kyle Schwarber I thought was a bit Of a liability and I thought That getting uh, Peterson to play Left field was maybe a step up defensively And Maybe not as much power but a little better Contact hitter, well I've been quite wrong. Quite wrong. And when I'm wrong, here on the lighter side of baseball, I admit it and, you know, that's what makes this a great game. Uh, Some guys really get started hot and die out. Schwarber 25 home runs, I think, at last count for the Nationals. And um, it's pretty good. You know, he he looks great. I mean, he's ready to play. Stronger than a bull. And, um, So, I think I was wrong in riding Schwarbs, as I did, because we shouldn't have traded him. Okay? We just shouldn't have traded him. I admit it. Uh, It was a bad deal. And we didn't even trade him. I mean, you know, it's like you have a warranty in your car, and the warranty is good for three years. And... After three years, you start getting phone calls from robots saying your warranty is about to expire. You need to renew. And nobody in the world, who does that? Even if you want it, you go, hey, that's a good idea. You're talking to a robot. It doesn't, it isn't going to do anything for you. It might send you to Timbuktu for a new warranty that will never be enforceable. Uh, <clears throat> but it's like the warranty's up. And then the car breaks down, and you go, oh, now what? Well, that's what the Cubs did with Schwarber, and they're about to do with Baez and Bryant. Letting the contract run out, and you get zip. And Chris Bryant and his agent, Scott Boris, say, hasta la vista, Windy City. I am headed to Los Angeles, California. And I am going to be playing for none other than the Los Angeles Dodgers. And so Javi Baez says, hasta la vista, Chicago. I'm going to Denver to play shortstop because Trevor Story hit the free agent market. And he wound up in wherever. So they get Zippo for those two guys. Rizzo signs. And my trade is Wilson Contreras for Willie Contreras. Huh? Pretty good. One brother for the other brother. Trade him to Atlanta. Atlanta gets a little better deal. Comes get a lower contract. And they're off to the races. And you still have Contreras in the lineup in case, you know, the uh, lineup car doesn't have to change. <clears throat> so this is like a... Very sad time for Cub fans because who do you blame? Do you blame Ricketts? Do you blame Hoyer? Do you blame Ross? Do you blame Theo Epstein? Well, I think the blame goes around. And Cub defenders want to say, oh, God, Ricketts has poured money into it. Well, he poured money into Hayward, I'll grant you that. And uh, other than that, he's let this team die on the vine. It's just like you got. Grapes that you have harvested in your Napa Valley vineyard And rather than pick the grapes Squeeze out the juice And let it sit in the Well, however you make vi- wine <laughs> However you make wine you, The grapes die on the vine And that's what the Cubs are about to do With Chris Bryant and Javi Bias. And you go, well, how can that be? Well, it's easy They're not going to be able to get anything for him. They're going to make a bad deal for Kimbrel. You know, they're saying, oh, we ought to be able to get what the Yankees got from us. Oh, okay, Glibert Torres. Or how about uh, Eloy Jimenez with the White Sox? When they got Quintana. Anyway, Hoyer doesn't, I, I just don't think he has any experience. I don't know. I don't know. How do you know? I guess you never know. But I do know That Ricketts is so afraid of the salary cap that he's tanked the team. And this team ran into an iceberg like the Titanic. It's going down fast. Who gets on the lifeboat? I don't know. Wisdom seems pretty good. Alcantara, not so good. Duffy, I don't know. Hayward's not going anywhere because nobody would take him. And I would designate Ian Happ for assignment He is so bad And he thinks he's so good And he has Such a brilliant mind That he can He's run out of juice Happ Has been hapless From the day they signed him And Best opening day hitter in the history of the Cubs But there's 300 and some days after that That he sucks So Am I bitter? Nah, not really. Do I love the Cubs? Mmm, don't know. Am I going to renew my season tickets? I don't know. But I do know that I'm on day 32 of the Joe DiMaggio diet. So I have, by my calculation, 24 more days to get to 56. Is that exciting or what? I think it's pretty exciting. So let's look at where we are in these standings, okay? Because that's kind of interesting. Milwaukee has a six and a half game lead over the Chicago Cubs, eight over Cincinnati, nine over the Cardinals. The wonderful Pirates are 29 and 51, a run differential, folks, of 104 in the hole. They suck. That franchise, you know, come on, Manfred. It's just horrible. Make these teams pay money. You know, the agents aren't going to... It's it's pathetic. The bottom dweller in each division is pathetic, and they're getting a lot of money um, from the big market teams. Pittsburgh, is that really a small market? They won the World Series in 1960. What's so different 61 years later? The town gotten smaller? No. The market dried up? No. Did they not get part of that $10 billion contract with ESPN? Hmm, I think they did. Anyway, the East, the New York Mets hold a two-game lead over the Washington Nationals. Remember, I picked the Nationals. They're coming on strong. The Nets are coming on strong with Kyle Schwarber, 7-3 and three over the last 10 games. And they're going to be all right. There is um, <clears throat> a negative run differential for the Mets and the uh, Washington Nationals. Atlanta, three and a half back. They still have a shot. The Phillies, huh. What's wrong with the Phillies besides they've got one of the dogs, Bryce Harper. Wherever the dog goes, you start to lose, so there's dog number one. And in last place, I predicted in last place, who did well last year, sprinting to the 60-game run for the money, the Miami Marlins, they are pathetic, but their run differential is plus 21. Go figure. They're 11 games Um, Out of uh, under 500 And they're 8 games back And their run differentials plus 21 I don't get it I don't get a lot I don't get a lot of the statistical analysis Sorry, sorry Here we are going into the all-star break The San Francisco Giants are half a game Ahead of the dog-ridden Los Angeles Dodgers The Dodgers are coming on strong Coming on strong, 6-4 and They've won 6 in a row the Giants have lost four in a row. I think by the end of this weekend, Dodgers could be back in first place, even if they have dog number two, Trevor Bauer. Dog number three is two and a half games back, Mr. Machado. The Rockies, fifty, behind, uh, in the negative fifty on the run differential, although they've won four games in a row, and the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks are twenty-three and sixty, the worst team in baseball. They're on a one-game winning streak over the Giants, negative 115 run differential. Oh, it's just not exciting. For our, uh, Maybe that's exciting somewhere. I don't know. You know, and for a guy who has a podcast called On the Lighter Side of Baseball, I'm not fired up. I don't know why. The only thing I'm trying to do is sell tickets on StubHub, and they're going, okay. Someday I might even get face value. I did get over face value for the Royals. I don't know. Uh, is, is there, if, you, if you guys out there, if anybody's really pumped up about baseball and what Mighty Manfred has done to baseball, then call the hot listener line. We'll be standing by to take your call. And if not, then uh, work on your golf game. Uh, it's got to get better. Or just start playing seven-inning games so they finish in two hours. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer is. I wish I could be excited and upbeat, but of the teams in the National League, which are clearly better than the American League, I'm not excited about any of them. In fact, all my listeners, I can't think of anybody that's really excited about a team. So they may be excited about listening to Jamie Risky on the lighter side, brought to you by Spotify, Apple iTunes, and SoundCloud. But I mean, anyway. I do have a team that I'm going to be excited about, and I'll get to that in a minute, the East. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, and I'm a Tampa Bay fan, and the Red Sox are hanging in there, man. One of the big surprises after 82 games are 51 and 31, 20 over 500. How did that happen? Is Joey Cora the greatest thing since sliced bread? He gets suspended for a year, and then he comes back, and the guy's like taking a team that has dumped everybody from Kimbrell to Mookie to, I'm, I'm missing a few other stars. Oh my God, they're doing great. Tampa Bay, they're, you know, 13 games over 500. Those three teams, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Boston, have run differentials that are good. The Yankees are really over 500, which surprises me because they've been pretty bad, but they're over 500. So, Hats off to Aaron Boone. And then the lawyer who should be suspended and removed from baseball, Peter Angelos, or whatever his name is, that owns the Baltimore Orioles. What a shame. Brooks Robinson must be just... Anyway, 27-64. and 64. They've won three in a row, and they're still 27-54. and And they are 109 in a hole, and they run differential. The West, the Astros, the Cheaton Strohs, They're back in first place, and that's a crummy division. Oakland's a game and a half out. Seattle's six out. The Angels, who I predicted would be really good, not good. The Astros have 132 run differential to the good. That's the biggest in baseball. The Mariners suck. The Angels suck. The Rangers are really, really bad. That brings me to my surprise team in the central division of the uh, American League. I'm back to my guys. The 1959 go-go Sox. The Chicago White Sox are 48-32, 95-run differential to the good. They have faltered a little bit, 5-5 five five over the last 10, won four in a row. They had a little bad streak. They're back. Got a five-game lead over the Indians, 12 and a half over Detroit. Imagine that. Detroit is in third place in this sucky division. Minnesota with Josh Donaldson lipping off about Giolito doctoring up the ball. Now There's something. So many docked around for the ball. The umpires basically search you. It's like, oh, really? Go in the locker room after they search you and grease up, baby. Um, I don't care what they use, frankly. I don't care who gets in the Hall of Fame, frankly. Just speed up the game, please. Would you just speed up the game? And get the infielders on the dirt. And the Royals, 15 back. Man, oh, man. They have gone in the tank. 83 in the hole. They are in last place in the Central. So speaking of the White Sox, and speaking of the Central Division of the American League, uh, once again, and I'm planning on hitting a guaranteed rate field uh, next month as the guest of Mr. Jerry Reinsdorf, the chairman, CEO of the Chicago White Sox, and a good friend who, by the way, I hate to drop names and I hate to drop what I've been doing, but Um, we dined the other day. We had lunch at Gibson's, and I tell you what, uh, at our table there was one celebrity and then there was me. And uh, I tell you what, all all eyes are on the chairman when uh, uh, he is there getting ready to eat. And the great thing about getting a chance to talk with uh, Mr. Reinsdorf is I get a chance to uh, get his views on Major League Baseball and Believe it or not, some of his views are consistent with my views. Number one, he is a huge believer of everybody being, uh, all infielders being on the dirt and not having a rover like softball. Number one, we share that. Number two, he says that the games should be no longer than an average of two hours and 45 minutes max. I agree. Anything under the NFL time of a game is okay in my book. And so there, we're consistent. He thinks the strip searching of the players for Pine Tower is silly. Just look at the ball. He said the balls they got uh, taken out of Major League Games and photographed and distributed to the owners were like unbelievably doctored up. So I said, well doesn't take a rocket science to see the big blob of black and white mixture of rosin and pine tar on the top of their baseball cap. And he, uh, you know, he seemed to agree, but when does Major League Baseball start to enforce different things? And has the spin ratio gone down? And does anybody care? Jerry doesn't care about the spin ratio. I never used to care about the spin ratio until it seemed like the pitchers had a bit of an advantage over the hitters and so that's one place that we disagree the uh, other place we disagree is and I'm sure we really didn't talk about it but I think there ought to be a basement every team should have to pay a salary of at least the average of the major league baseball and get rid of the luxury tax so those are my two suggestions to Jerry and Jerry and I really don't talk much baseball that's the beauty of it all we talk cigars We talk about our old buddy Nelly, we talk about the 1983 coaching staff, which Jerry thinks was the best in baseball, skippered by Tony Larissa. And, you know, I made it a point when I sat down with Jerry that I wasn't going to rip on T-Bone, Tony Larissa. And uh, so I didn't. I thought that would be rude. I thought that would be unfair. And I said to Jerry, basically, how are you feeling about your decision to go with La Russa? and he said outstanding there's nobody in his mind that handles the ninth inning better than Tony La Russa. now i didn't ask jerry if he was dozing off or smoking a cigar but you know do you give give the devil his due number 1 jerry watches every ball game the guy's an avid fan he's a great guy and i have nothing but respect, admiration, and uh, loyally to Mr. Reinstorf. He's, he and I have been uh, getting together various times since 1983. I mean, that's, that's a long time. So anyway, uh, I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Bud Selig. And I didn't think Bowie Kuhn was bad either. He was trying to keep the competitive balance by stopping some of these free agents. But I like Bowie, and I really like Bud Selig, and everybody knows how I feel about Mr. Reinsdorf. So I can't wait to go smoke a cigar at the ballpark with the chairman. And hopefully Manny Sanchez can join us. Manny no longer is the... Sports authority guru, but still a friend of the show and a friend of uh, the chairman. So we're hopeful of that. We're hopeful of having a few uh, co-hosts, guests on the show until uh, Craig Kishon can get rid of the Milwaukee Bucks playoffs. Oh, my God. I mean, he's doing double duty on Saturday. That would be tomorrow, July 3rd. He's doing the play by play on uh, the Brewers Network and Bally Sports Network. Ballet Sports, gamble, gamble, gamble. But Pete Rose can't get in the Hall of Fame. But by God, we put the odds every minute under the uh, game on MLB Network. Ratings have gone up. They have these big sponsors Bally Bally, you name it, uh, FanDuel. Um, it's betting, it's a betting world. And so, okay. I don't like that, but why is it that you don't think a player can throw a game by making uh, a legal bet, but you won't keep Pete Rose, won't let him in the Hall of Fame? I'm not a Pete Rose fan, but when I ask these people in baseball, they go, he lied. He bet on baseball, and he lied about it. He bet on his team. Whatever. I mean, who knows what Pete's saying, and who, frankly put him in the Hall of Fame, at least have an interesting wing along with Pete, along with Barry Bonds, along with Roger Clemens, along with Palmeira, Sosa, McGuire, hey, that would be awesome, it is, Joe Jackson, I asked Jerry about that, okay, he says, you know, people ask me why Joe Jackson's not in the Hall of Fame. The so dude hit 375 the year he threw the World Series. Now, how do you throw the World Series and hit 375? Make a few outfield assists, you know? Joe Jackson was getting screwed by Charles Comiskey, and uh, that was the genesis, the beginning of the 1919 Black Sox. So, what are you going to do? Well, here's what I'd do. and they won't. They, uh, number one. They don't have a president yet of the Hall of Fame. Jeff Idelson has gone back to the Hall of Fame as an interim Hall of Fame president. But he doesn't have any control over who gets in. Sports writers still have a control over who gets in. And frankly, we need to get all those guys in the Hall of Fame, along with Buck O'Neill. And apparently, the ceremonies in July have been moved to September due to COVID concerns in Cooperstown. And uh, that'll be... That'll be a fun day. I won't be there, but it'll be a fun day. If and when Buck O'Neill gets in, I think I would go to that. Um, uh, on the Buck O'Neill front, I have had numerous conversations and uh, exchanged text with Bob Kendrick, uh, somebody who was on the show a month or two ago, and we're going to get together again, and that guy's great. I'm going to get Bobby Denier again. I'm going to try to get Ryan Sandberg. So I'm not going to start telling you who I might get, because if I don't get them. Then I look like a bigger idiot than I am. Not really. I don't feel idiotic. I think uh, some of the things that I might say are founded in logic and lacking in emotion, and so uh, you know, that's the way I, that's the way I roll. Um, finally, on the show, let's um, let's do two things. Let's go over for you folks out there who don't know who is on the All-Star team, let's uh, let's look at that, okay? Because I think it's a little interesting and something different to talk about because here are the starters, no Cubs, zero Cubs, okay? Let's take each position first in uh, both leagues. Because I think this is, uh, you know, if you don't get excited about the All-Star game, then something's up. The starting catcher for the American League for the sixth time is Salvi Perez, and he's worth it. The guy is the Kansas City franchise. He is spectacular. slugging 515, and I think he is going to really be great. The runner-up was Martin Maldonado, who, interestingly, was with the Royals last year, and then uh, a guy that I'm not fond of, Yasmani Grandel, finished third with the White Sox. Okay. National League catcher, Buster Posey. Comeback player of the year by far, except for Martinez in the American League. Buster Posey was my pick at the beginning of the year to be the comeback player of the year, and I think I'm going to be right. And the runner-up, Yachty Molina. God love him. Uh, you know what? I don't like the Cardinals and most of the players, and I'm really not a Yachty fan. But you got to give the devil his due. Dude's going to the Hall of Fame. If you get a chance to see the Cardinals this year, you will be seeing a Hall of Famer in none other than Yadier Molina. So the next uh, runner-up was Wilson Contreras. Well-deserved. Willie's had a great first half of the season. Very emotional player. And probably get traded soon. First base, Vladimir Guerrero, Jr. Vladdy's Hall of Fame. Dad Guys leading the league in home runs. I mean he is unbelievable Youngest player ever to lead the MLB in all-star voting ever 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 He was tied for second in the major leagues with 26 home runs and the runners-up Uriel, Yuli Uriel, sorry, my Cubanese isn't so good And uh, Jose Abreu from the White Sox National League for the third time starting Freddie Freeman, reigning National League MVP, not off to a great start, but he's big in the voting. And the runners up were Max Muncie and uh, Rizzo. I don't know why Rizzo has not had an all star year. Name recognition. Second base in the American League from the Toronto Blue Jays for the first start of his career, Marcus Simeon. And, you know, he's all right, but he's one of those guys I really haven't heard much about. Runner up, Jose Altuve. And uh, LeMahieu, who another guy the Cubs (laughs) gave away. God love the Cubs. It doesn't matter whether it was Jim Hendry or Theo Epstein. They have taken turns at torpedoing the team. Didn't even need an iceberg like the Titanic. They just torpedoed the team. Adam Frazier, he leads the league in the hits and uh, great strikeout uh, rate that he is uh, involved in. Runner-up. Ozzie Albies and Gavin Lux. I haven't heard of Lux. He's on the Dodgers. My God, where do these guys come from on the Dodgers? Third base for the league-leading Red Sox for first appearance. Rafael Devers, runners-up. Alex Bregman and uh, Mancada. Mankata's the real deal. He, uh, he's good. Third base, beating out Chris Bryant, who was leading in the voting of all Major League players. Uh, which was a joke because of the year he's having. Nolan Arenado is a good, good guy there to be up there and then first place. Justin Turner, who I predict Chris Bryant will take his place when Turner is out of the Dodgers next year. Chris Bryant was third, not even second. Shortstop, Xander Bogart from the Red Sox making his second start. He's the man. And... He is really good. And uh Bo Bichette, Dante's son, is uh, runner-up. Carlos Correa, year in, year out. Solid. He's solid. National League, you guessed it, Fernando Tatis, his first All-Star game starting, and in second place, Javi Baez, give me a break, Brandon Crawford. American League outfield, who do you think? The guy on the 60-day disabled list, the guy in the seventh American in the All-Star game start, Mike Trout doesn't play, but by God, he's picked for the team, and he should be. Uh, there really weren't any runners up for his position, and he's out with a calf strain. Uh, another outfielder for the Yankees, Aaron Judge, his third start, and uh, the other All Star for the American League in the outfield is uh, Blue Jays Teoscar Hernandez. Never heard of him. Now I've had a sad. I got a podcast, and I haven't heard of three or four of these guys. Is that bad or what? Now. For the National League, Ronald Acuna Jr. couldn't be more deserving. Second place, and uh, perhaps there is the uh, nobody else in the outfield like Acuna. But the guy the Cubs let get away, which anybody in their right mind could see, was Nick Castellanos, and where does he go to the Reds? Come on, really? Dump Hayward, get Castellanos anyway, and Winker, another Reds. Oh my God, how come the Reds aren't 20 games in first? And uh, that's just the way it goes for the outfield. Designated hitter, Shohei Atani, and runner-up, my pl- comeback player of the year in the American League, J.D. Martinez, and uh, Jordan Alvarez. Okay, I've sort of heard of him. So here's a recap. Catcher, American League. Perez, followed by runner-up, Maldonado, and Grandel. The National League, Posey, Molina, Contreras. Man, all good guys, anybody you'd want on your team. First base, American League. Lottie uh, Guerrero Jr., Yuli Guriel, and uh, Abreu. And, uh, you know, Guerrero got 75% of the vote. Biggest vote percentage of anybody. Freddie Freeman, uh, followed by Max Muncie and Rizzo. Rizzo didn't really have any business being there. At second base, Simeon, eh, really not big on Simeon. Altuve finished second, and Lemahu. National League, Frazier, Albies, Lux. Third base, Evers, Bregman, Maikada. And uh, in the National League, Arenado, Turner, Bryant. Shortstop AL, Bogart, Bichette, Correa. Tatis, Baez, Crawford in the National League. And in the outfield, you got a slew of guys. Trout, Judge Hernandez, Buxton Brantley. Brantley, sorry, Michael Brantley. Mullins, Gritchick, Garcia. And nobody heard of Adolis Garcia until the year started. And Alex Vertigo. He's dizzy, dizzy guy. National League, Acuna Jr., Castellanos, Swinker, Betts, Taylor, Peterson. What a joke. Kastrzemski should be there. Harper and Soto, DH. Atani Martinez, Alvarez. And there you have it. So who's leading the league at the present time in some of these spots? We don't know. You know, we don't know. But we will get back to the statistical leaders soon. And in the meantime, we're going to take a short break. And then to finish up, I want to tell you who the home run leaders are, because chicks tick the long ball. Hey, we're back for this final segment of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And uh, here are the leaders. Shohei Itani took the lead with 28 home runs over Vlad Guerrero Jr. with 26, tied with Tatis. Schwaber has 25 Acuna 22 Endeavors 20 that rounds out that who has the best average uh, In the major leagues Nick Castellanos again traded uh, given away by the Chicago Cubs for nothing He's sitting 346 Michael Brantley given away by the Astros 345 Guerrero 336 looking at triple crown potential Bogart 329 Adam Fraser 326 and remember all these batting averages are coming back a little bit Because the umpires are strip searching all the pictures to the to my amazement. I figured that The Union would never go for that who my number one category as you know run scored number one Dante Pichette's Sunboat 66 Vlad Guerrero you heard his name 64 Ronald Acuna, Jr., heard his name, 63. Tati, 61. Altuve, 60. The all-star second baseman, Marcus Simeon, 60. Carlos Correa, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. J.D. Martinez. Okay, now, let's go to hits. Who do you think leads the thing? You're going to hear the same names. Hitz. Nick Castellanos, 103. Why would anybody not sign that guy? He wanted to stay at the Cubs. I don't know why he did. Adam Frazier, one hundred and one. Trey Turner, a hundred, and uh, some guy named Cedric Mullins with uh, the Orioles, maybe. Vlad Guerrero, ninety-six. Let's look at the uh, pitching real briefly. Who has the best whip? Which I think is the most important thing. Uh, Degrom, there's a shock. Under, he's the only guy under one point nine five. Kevin Gaussman, the surprise pitcher from the Giants that I had never heard of. He's a full half a point worse than DeGrom, 1.68. Brandon Woodruff, the star with the Brewers, 1.87. Kyle Gibson, who's going to get somebody out of trade for that guy like the Cubs. His whip's two. Scherzer's two, 1.1. Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, Zach Wheeler, Bueller, Ron, Carlos Rondon, Rodon, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's see, who leads the league in giving up home runs? Robbie. Ray. Now, these are the guys you never heard of. Robbie Ray, 19, Giolito, 18, Corbin, 17. I think we're coming up on some cubbies. Ah, Jake Arrieta, 16. Uh, where's Hendricks? Where, what happened? How come oh, they're, some, they're missing Kyle Hendricks somewhere? Guy's giving up more dingers. There he is, 20. He leads the league in home runs, giving up. Hendricks, 20, Trevor Bauer, the dog over there at 19, et cetera, et cetera. So when I said Robbie Ray, I was wrong. Uh, Who struck out the most guys besides DeGrom? Uh, Trevor Bauer, DeGrom, Bieber, Wheeler, Garrett Cole, Clayton Kershaw, all guys, Tyler Glass now, all guys that have been named in having foreign substance attached to their name. I don't believe it, and I'm not saying that they did that. I'm just saying that the report shows that they did it, and the California Angels locker room guy is still fired. He should be brought back. So, what exciting things has Mighty Manfred, the Wonder Dog, done for Major League Baseball so far? Absolutely nothing. He's moved the All-Star game to the chagrin of uh, a lot of people. Out of a, out of Atlanta, over to Denver. A uh, Big mistake. You know, big mistake. He has not done anything about the speed of the game. In fact, it's gotten worse. And... We'll see what he does during the uh, trading season. So I am pumped up. I think that uh, for the All-Star game, we're going to do a little recap. But next week, we're going to have a Cub fan talking about who's to blame, if anybody, in the demise of the Cubs. Should you be a Debbie Downer like me? If you're a diehard Cub fan, is it better to be blindly optimistic about something they find that might be good? Because if it is, I don't know what other than wisdom. Uh, Bodie's hurt. Horner's coming back. You know, go out and get pitching. Go get a couple guys that can throw the ball 95 miles an hour and strike people out. And go get some people that make contact when they hit. And go get a hitting coach. Now, that's pretty simple stuff to do. And tell Mr. Ricketts, go out. And spend some of the billions you made off of Ameritrade this year. Yeah. I think owning Ameritrade has been a pretty good deal when the market is hitting new highs. Over 34000 on the Dow. The S&P is hitting a new high. Nasdaq's hitting a new high. And you own the biggest trading company in the world. Pay or sell the team. You know? Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. And uh, next week, we'll be having those conversations with the Cub fan and see what he has to say. Because it doesn't take a real brilliant observer to realize that the Cubs can't hit. Couldn't hit last year. They couldn't hit in 2019. 2019. They couldn't really hit twenty eighteen, and they kind of faltered down the stretch in twenty sixteen. But they had a leadoff man, and without a leadoff man now, you don't have anybody. He go, we go, because we ain't going, because we don't have anybody. You know, they don't have a leadoff man. They don't. Nobody makes gets on. They average four hits a game. They're hitting one ten against starting pitchers, and uh, it's a dismal year. But people want to go out and. Now you can't even pay cash for beer. Oh my God, I'm getting depressed. I'm getting depressed. Trips to Wrigley, not as much fun. Maybe it'll get better. I hope so. In the meantime, thank you for listening and putting up with me on the lighter side of baseball because, believe me, it will get lighter. And until it does, this is Jamie Reski signing off.